gentlemen, boys and girls, and most importantly, everyone else. Um, we're back. We're back in business. Um, yeah, sorry about the uh, delay. Um, it's been a while. Um, if we so choose, we may go back and uh, revisit some movies that we didn't get around to recording for. But uh, for today, um, we decided to um, bring you another episode because of just how damn good this newest movie is that we've now seen. Um, I'm talking, of course, about the instant classic that's going to go down in the annals of history as one of the greatest feats in uh, mankind's cinema career. I'm talking, of course, about Morbius. Um, just an absolute home run film. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I really, truly, truly loved it. Um, what were your thoughts, Paige? Um, I think the best way for me to describe this movie is oof. <laughs> that is a great descriptive word. Um, it was... It, it was, was a film. Rough. It was it was a film. It, it uh-huh. was one of the films of all time. There were actors in the film. Mm-hmm. Acting. Yeah. Sometimes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was on the big screen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the way it's been so long. Um, the way we uh, usually do it um, before we get into our like scene by scene review, um, going in. What were you expecting? I was expecting it to be like Venom. Okay. Like the Marvel slash Sony anti-hero. I guess I expected there to be some like humor and some dark, gritty... I don't know. What is the word I'm looking for? Um, quality? Like, <laughs> villainous type. Okay, yeah, yeah. Some some real... Roots um, in there? Uh, weighing of, of your humanity. And uh, how, how many bad things can you do and still remain a good person, maybe? That, I guess, Those sort of yeah. uh, uh, moral dilemmas. Yeah. yeah. What were you expecting? Um, I was expecting um, a bit more of of a monster movie um just a very i can't control this thing inside of me uh kind of a kind of a thing um obviously i I, going in i knew that it was uh rated pg-13 so i knew it wasn't going to go uh too far into the gruesome um aspect but um kind of a uh american werewolf in london kind of vibe um where uh, you've never seen that, but uh, I mean, you know, werewolf stories in general, where um, someone kind of loses control, um, people get hurt, and then they come to the next morning, the next day, whenever, um, and they're just horrified with their actions. Um, d- does Morbius remember the atrocities that he committed when he was all vamped out? Um, or is it just sort of like blacking out and you come to and just kind of realize that you have blood on your hands? Um, I was, so yeah, maybe some mystery, uh, some, like, uh, 
yeah, mystery involved in, in figuring out what he'd done. Um, but yeah, just, just very much that, uh, uh, horrific scenes of, of, um, just, yeah, hurting, hurting people around you. And, um, without going too much into spoilers yet, I feel like it, uh, leaned much more heavily into the, um, hey, my hands are clean because they're not nearly as dirty as his hands. Yeah. And so you never had to really question, is Morbius a good guy or a bad guy? Because the guy standing next to Morbius was clearly a bad guy. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Yeah. I feel like um, any chance of higher quality storytelling kind of went out the window when they decided on... Uh, I guess their storyline. Yeah, when they de- <laughs> when they decided to have a secondary villain instead of just having Morbius's dilemma be the quote unquote antagonist of the film. Um, yeah, so um, that's kind of what I was expecting the film to be. It was not that. No. Um, Do you and... want to hear the uh, IMDb? Summary? Yeah. Yeah, I do. These are some of my favorite things. Yeah. Because they're so vague. Um, Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Nice. Um, I think it might be pronounced vampirism. I don't know. Um, I... Definitely correct me on our podcast, though. You know, just so that, you know, people in the comments aren't like, she doesn't know how to pronounce vampirism. Not that we have enough listeners yet to have haters. Uh, I feel like all of our listeners so far are very supportive of uh, that which we know and that which we don't know. Um, But yeah, thank you, listeners. I I love you guys. Um, But yeah, so... um, are we ready to get into um, the spoilery part? It. Okay, yeah. So, um, first thing I have written down is just loved it. Really, really loved it. It was, um, it, it, I feel like uh, when you come home from school one day and you're like, hey, mom, I made you this picture frame out of dried macaroni. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And she knows that's the best you could do. You put in your your best effort, and that's what you came up with. And she loves it because it's just so adorable. That's why I love this movie. <laughs> it's because everyone really gave it their all. And you can feel that. So what if they're Did all they? idiots? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, with all that said, there were so many times during this movie when I'm just watching um, Jared Leto go. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I've seen Dallas Buyers Club. I've seen you in far better films. What is this? What's going on here? Um, but unfortunately, I've also seen Suicide Squad. Um, but uh, yeah. And House of Gucci. And House of Gucci. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Ridley Scott, eat a dick. Um, don't tell him I said that, or do, and tell him to listen to our podcast. He's he's hilarious when he's angry. Um, 
but yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, so first, uh, first scene, we start out with Morbius arriving someplace in South America, I think. It's a rainforest. Is that the first scene? Yeah. It doesn't start with them as kids? No, because we, we, uh, it cuts from the bats flying into the trap and then it goes to back when he was a child. you're right. Yeah. Um, so I have written down poor helicopter people (laughs) because he he clearly did not tell them, hey, just so you know, I'm going to have a dick load of bats come swarming out of this cave. Could you park your helicopter right at the mouth of this cave? And also, so, how did they catch the bats? Uh, um, strings. And get them back <laughs> to the states. Yeah, like he he just says set up the trap right there, and the trap is just a bunch of like strings that have been pulled taut or something. Uh, yeah, no, it makes no sense at all. Um, and the the fact that he's like, I need bat blood. Oh, okay, so you need like maybe ten bats, like just. For multiple experiments? No. No, give me a couple thousand bats. Give me every bat that exists in South America. Like, why? Like, how did he get those past customs to get them into the country? Yeah. Or out of whatever South American country he was in. And there, there are several times when people say things that are like, you know this isn't, you know this is against the law, right? And he's like, yeah. And then the script moves on. <laughs> or he's like, hey, I've got to do experiments. What kind of experiments? I'll have to do it in international waters. Okay, you have a boat. Like, what? That, right. That's not how crime works. It's not just... Also, I'm just going to cure a, a rare blood disease. Yeah, it's just like... what? It's going to be vague. Yeah, what and are the details of this disease? It, it's a disease. Like it, They have to use crutches. Yeah, you gotta use crutches. If you're not using crutches, do you really have the disease? You know? Um, yeah, because the, the disease, it affects your blood. And um, as far as I'm aware, there's blood in your legs. So, crutches, you know? That's that's how science works. It's science. It's science. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, poor helicopter people were clearly not um, involved in the planning process. Uh, for me, if if you were to pay me to fly you to this one cliff, and then you didn't mention that I was going to have a pretty much the equivalent of a blender made out of bats coming directly at my helicopter, I'm flying away without your crippled ass. Oh yeah, you're dying I'm, in that mountain. Yeah, I'm taking your money and I'm leaving. In one of the trailers, I'm pretty sure as he's putting, like he cuts his hand open, as he's putting it out to like have the bats come fly out... I feel like he says something in one of the trailers about if you're going to run, now's the time. Or something. Which kind of makes it seem like he's willing to warn these guys a little bit. But that line of dialogue is not in the final film. It is not. So yeah, he just like, could you guys just stand over there? Cool. And cue the tsunami of flying rats. Um, and then it just cuts. And yeah. There's no like resolution to mm-hmm. this scene. And it jumps back 20 plus years Yeah. to when he's a child. Yeah. Played by a kid who cannot act, interacting with another kid who also cannot act. Um, This is one of my big issues with this movie, is that this story just felt so, like, 
jumpy and jumbled Mm -hmm. because it's like you start with him in South America and then you go to him as a kid and then you go to him like as an adult denying a Nobel Prize and then you go to like it's just so like Mm -hmm. I think they tried to cover too much and didn't fully cover any of it Mm -hmm. so it just it left a lot to be desired in my opinion um i feel like kind of similar to the beginning of the first iron man film where it's like here's tony stark what does he do he makes weapons what kind of weapons here's a missile watch this missile go so we know he's good at making weapons and he's so good at making weapons sometimes he receives prizes he's not there to receive the prize why because he's out gambling in the casino Now we know what kind of person Tony Stark is. With this, it's like uh, uh, Morbius. He's a doctor. What kind of doctor? I don't know. He deals with blood. Lots of doctors deal with blood. Well, he he deals with the crap out of blood. Um, And sometimes he doesn't uh, receive prizes that are awarded to him. Why not? Because of, uh, I don't know, he he decides not to. Um, And like, it's... (laughs) I feel like they were were trying to be a better film. (laughs) And weren't able to put in the uh the footwork or the brain power um but uh yeah specifically about the um also just as a warning guys um i have never taken nearly this many notes on a film so this is going to take a while um but uh one thing that i've always really loved about movies just because it's it's so bad um the screenwriters have never been bullied They've never experienced bullying in school because as soon as we see Morbius and um, Milo, which is such a, pardon my language, fucked up nickname. Do you remember why they call him Milo? Because that was his first roommate's name. Yeah, right? and, and he, he just never bothered to learn any other kid's name. Yeah, he's just like there was a. Kid but there he doesn't named Milo. even remember the first Milo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like there was a Milo there once. Milo died to death. Then there was a second kid. I just decided to call him Milo as well. He's also dead. Then there was Milo three. I've forgotten how many Milos there are. But just so you know, sleeping in that bed, you don't have long. Like do. Eat shit. I'm just as diseased as you are, and as soon as you meet me, you're telling me I'm a goner? I'm gonna kill you in your sleep. You know we both have pillows? You know those have been used as murder weapons before? You're not making it out of the month. Like, yeah. But he saved him with the spring of a pen. (laughs) So clearly, that means they have to be BFFs. Yep. Forever. Because Um, life-saving... Yeah. And the Milo name just has to stick for life. Yeah. Because they were friends for like two and a half days. Yeah. Like before they've freaking Morbius got sent other. off to like special kids school. Mm-hmm. He's met Milo like once. His machine breaks. Morbius fix it fixes it immediately. He pops the back off of that thing. Like the doctors want you to tamper with the right? back of it. Like and he just takes one glance and there's no moment of, okay, if that's gone bad, then what should I... Oh, shoot. I need some piece of metal. Where can I find... Wait. Springs. Do I have a spring on me in this pen? No. It's just like he looks and he's like, another one of those broke. All right, let me get my pen. This happens every week. Like, And then everyone's like, how did you do that? And yeah. So dumb. 
Um, but yeah, getting back to the bullying thing, it, like they sit in these beds and glance out the window and across the street is a school and these kids are leaving the school and they point up to the window and go, hey, look at the freaks. Look at the crippled, dirty, disgusting, filthy freaks. Those people are subhuman. Let's mock them because they're different from us. That is not how bullying works. Like you have to come, like, okay. In middle school, I was, I wouldn't even call it bullied, but people used to call me salad. Why? Because my name is Dallas, and Dallas spelled backwards is salad. Yes, there's a second L, but middle schoolers don't give a shit. Um, but with that, they had to know me, they had to know my name, and make connections to different words. You have to make observations and calculate the most destructive statement based on the observations you make. But yeah, those, those kids are just like, they're going to grow up to be little terrorist heathens you don't just make fun of a crippled person for being crippled like yeah and then yeah so he fixes the machine with what knowledge Do, has he studied this machine he's before? just a smart kid he's just a smart kid that's why he, he has to go to the smart kid school yeah. and become a doctor he knows a lot about blood he knows a lot about uh fuse boxes you know how those two lines of logic go hand in hand yeah he um, also made artificial blood which has apparently saved thousands of lives more people than um insulin he's saved more people than insulin has saved with his fake blood which is why they wanted to give him the nobel prize but he basically told the presenters to shove it Mm -hmm. because what was it because he didn't want to accept a prize for like a mistake or something. I yeah. It, like he was trying to cure his blood disease and he accidentally made artificial blood and saved hundreds of thousands of people. But no, I can't accept this Nobel Prize and I have to make you look like a fool. Yeah, it was so poorly thought out. Um and And also poorly executed because it's not like they showed him like telling them no. They showed him at the awards ceremony. Yeah. About to go up and like accept it. And then it just cuts back to him at the hospital. Yeah. And people are just pissed and they're like, how could you not accept that award? And I was like, I thought he accepted the award. I, I saw him at the award ceremony in person getting ready to accept it. And so, yeah, it, it was very like... It was very confusing mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. Um, and... Oh man, I, I thought there was another point about that scene oh um so he's made fake blood and for some reason real blood is red artificial blood looks like blueberry gogurt yeah like it's it's like this like pastel blue yeah it's not just blue it's also like like the blue milk at star wars land yes yeah it's not a clearish sort of yeah, it, no, it's it, like milky blue. Yeah, it looks creamy. Um, and I don't know if the artificial blood he's come up with is like a universal donor That's blood type. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. That that yeah whole thing was just so dumb. Um, and then... Uh, 
Then they go to international waters, right? Yeah. He's like, I have an idea. I, oh, um, yeah. He's talking to the girl who is like, you should have accepted the award, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm up to something different. And she's like, oh, are you talking about these bats? And he's like, no, don't touch that. And she enters a code and he's got this circular glass capsule thing. Yeah, in the middle of his office. Enclosure, sure. And she hits a button, and it releases all the bats into that enclosure. And clearly, he was trying to keep this a secret. And Doesn't it just take the frostedness off of the glass? Because the bats are already in there, right? Is that what happened? And she just, like, puts in the code, and it makes the glass transparent? Maybe that's what happened. Because, yeah, like, it, it... I could not figure out where they entered into that area from so maybe it was just frosted glass and they were in there already but then he's like oh crap she now you knows you shouldn't have done this plausible deniability yeah but then he just leaves the bats flying around in there and extras just background characters are walking past his entirely glass right? office with the bats clearly in view and it's like okay so you were worried about your right hand girl finding out but steve the janitor who cares about if Steve knows about the bats? Who's he going to tell? Like, right? Yeah. So once once the secret was out, they did not give a shit about keeping that secret any longer. Right. And they're like, oh, let's just inject bat DNA into mm-hmm. human DNA because it like makes well, your blood secrete something that. Oh yeah, what there's was saliva it? so that it can. There's like a special saliva that breaks down blood in order to make it be able to pass through the body or something. I don't know. Um, science. Yeah. Blood science. Yeah. But they test it on a mouse and the mouse immediately dies. And or then so they think. A couple minutes later, it's not, it, it undeads itself. Because, um, yeah, it definitely flatlined and then stopped being flatlined. Um and yeah and then she's like what kind of experiment do you need to do and he's like one that involves international waters and all of a sudden he has a boat and she's on the boat and there's a full crew and And a full freaking lab and a full lab on a boat that's clearly not a lab boat it looked like a cargo container boat that they've just put a lab into that boat would move with the water right and as they're, like, centrifuging all their vials, like, how does that work on a boat? Yeah. It's not like a cruise ship. It's mm-hmm. not a big boat. Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, I, I wrote down, what kind of boat is that? Why do they have guns? Right. Every crew member is armed to the teeth. Well, and then you find out a little later that, like, the authorities don't really care that these guys died because they're all just like hired gun hands that it's probably better that they're not here anyways. Yeah, so, so is like, it like... So like, what? How did he contact these people? Mm-hmm. I need a boat. Okay, yeah, I can get you a boat. I also need a couple of hired guns. What kind of hired guns? The kind that know how to work a boat. <laughs> right? Like, well, and then all of a sudden, like, their experiment is like, Onto human trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it went from mice to humans. I've never done that kind of science before, but I'm pretty sure that's a big that leap. It takes years. Yeah. Mouse to man. There are steps between. 
Um, but the guy who, um, when the lights start flickering or something, he's like, I'm going to go check on the scientists or whatever. Keep playing your poker game. The most cliche game for criminals right? to play. Um, he goes down there, and immediately I'm sitting in the theater going, this poor bastard was also in Daredevil. He was he in was? Ben Affleck's oh, Daredevil. Oh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Okay. The, which, 10 years ago, something like that, Daredevil was the poster child of shitty Marvel movies. Yes. And now he's in the poster child of the new shittiest Marvel movie. He just cannot catch a break. Um, but yeah, so he goes down to the lab and he's like, Hey, nurse, what's going on? And she's like, I'm a doctor. And he's like, oh, my mistake. And I was like, okay, you didn't have to notify me that he's the bad guy by having her be disrespectful to women. Him? Him. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I was able to figure out that these guys who are always toting guns around are the bad guys or aren't going to make it out to the credits. Um, but yeah, then he has to be all disrespectful to women as though the screenwriters were like, did you figure it out yet? He's mean. You can tell because of sexism. Like, Oh, okay. Thank you. You're clever. Good job. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, then he injects himself with Morbius does. Yeah. Um, the, the bat serum serum whatever it is whatever. it's green it's in a vial it's always green it's always in a vial yeah and um it goes in and there's some like screen that says that cells are stable and holding oh, yeah. up and yeah i always love when there's a computer that's just like what's the status of cells and it's like 100 percent of the cells in the entire body they're all stable stable like really there's no unstable cell in like his pinky toe nope all of them every every cell that he legally owns is stable i checked all of them even his diseased blood cells yeah yeah those are those are stable as shit oh so he's cured nah he's still got a disease but uh with stable af cells um so yeah um then yeah morbius gets uh injected with it um, you have to watch a freaking Spinal Tap or whatever that was. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. And it's like watching a Spinal Tap on like a crippled, dying man. So it's just kind of like a, this should it hurt. It was uncomfy. It's, yeah. Ugh. Um, and then he disappears. They go into the room. Cause, like it, it, The entire wall is a window. They don't just like look around. They're like, let's go right on in. Dude just injected himself with bat blood. Let's get on in there. Right. You know? Yeah. Maybe, if he's not he's in hiding. the chair, clearly we need to go find out where he is. Yeah, because there's no way for us to see the literally entirety of this room through this huge ass pane of glass. Um, so yeah, they they walk in there. They're looking around, and then the girl also, realizes what hmm? cargo ship is just equipped with a glass box room, right? Yeah, what the hell? Um, wow. The more I think about this, the more it makes it, me angry. It's so fun. I love this movie. Um, so yeah, they get in there, and she notices, oh, Morbius is is up on the ceiling. Because he's like a bat now, so he hangs up on the ceiling. Um, and so she notices, and then the other guy notices, and he's like... I'm going to shoot I'm going to start shooting, because there's no bigger crime 
than being on a ceiling. Like, as soon as someone touches a ceiling... Also, firing guns on a boat? Is that really a great idea? Yeah, I mean, not as bad as a spacecraft, but yeah, I, I could see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, just the concept of, like, where is he? On the ceiling? I've seen enough. On the shoot. <sighs> yeah, I, I And then she's his, like, no, stop. Letter. And then he just throws her to the ground and knocks her out. Mm-hmm. And was it Morbius who threw her, or was it the the guy? I thought it was the guy. It may have been the guy, um, or maybe she got bumped. Either or one yeah. of. Somehow. Either way, she gets thrown to the ground and knocked out. Yeah. And then all the other hired hands show up because he calls on the radio or something. I I think they could hear it the whole time, and then they start hearing gunfire, so they all go or something. Oh, I uh, they but got real called. quick. She gets knocked out like she didn't even want to be conscious in this scene. Right? Like, like as soon like as Like, she was head... unconscious for a long freaking time. Oh, yeah. And it, it's not like she slams her head into the ground. It's like, bump, I'm asleep for a few days. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm done, skis. Um, and she, like, goes to the hospital for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Morbius just tears apart all of these gun hand men. Yeah. And drains them of their blood. That's a very big piece of this puzzle mm-hmm. for the detectives. Spoiler alert. They're completely useless. Oh my gosh. That show so up on the scene. I love it. One of them has holy water and the other one's like, are you being serious with the holy water? And he's like, what? I just want to... And then we never hear about the holy water ever again. Oh um, but yeah. Uh, another thing I should have uh you know organize these in a specific order um but yeah that glass prison where he keeps all the bats in his lab because you keep seeing it throughout the rest of the film at some point i thought about it what the hell was in that circular glass prison in the middle of his office before he had a disturbing amount of bats maybe that's where he practiced his skydiving like he he does indoor skydiving and there's just a big fan right there maybe that's what you need in your scientist lab in the hospital yeah um but yeah it 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 was clearly one of those things that had no reason to be there except for this plot device that just got introduced to the plot and so we're going to act like he always had it even though there's no reason any scientist would ever have a giant circular glass space in the middle of their office um oh and when does he feed the bats he never feeds those bats and when uh he's at the cave at the beginning he points and says these bats are able to eat like an entire cow because he points at a cow skeleton or something so these bats maybe they're cannibalistic maybe they eat each other okay so every couple days there's just like the, the number of bats is getting cut in half, like half a life of bats because they're hungry. Maybe. Um, and then, um, yeah, at some point he's, oh, he, he meets back up with, with his friend from childhood who's now played by Matt Smith, who played, um, unfortunately I haven't watched Doctor Who, but I know he plays one of the doctors. Um, and I think it's like the one right after David Tennant 
I could be off on that. I don't know. From 2010 to 2020. Does it show which doctor he is? Uh, I'm sure it would if I clicked on it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's something in like the 11-ish range. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Milo is now played by Matt Smith. And Matt Smith is still just diseased as ever. And... Um, but apparently rich. Oh, yeah, he's so stinking rich. He's the one funding all of this research mm-hmm. that Morbius is doing. Yeah. Maybe he's the one that had the bat cylinder installed. Maybe. Maybe. Um, because it seems like whatever Morbius tells him, he will do. So clearly Morbius was like, hey, Milo, I need a bat tube. <laughs> Pay for it. Give me that bat tube, bitch. Um, uh, yeah, and he's rich, and now he has Russian bodyguards, and he didn't before, and so he probably paid for the gun-toting boat crew. Um, and Milo is like, oh, you found a cure, didn't you? And he's like, eh, not really. And he's like, well, give me the cure. And he's like, eh, it's not ready. It, it doesn't really work. And Milo's like, I don't care. Somehow he finds the cure and gives it to himself. And so now both of them have this tendency to lose control and become, like, demonic vampire guys. Um, at some point, one of... It's not Morbius's like, right-hand girl. It's, like, a third Doctor character. Like the nurse? Yeah. And you see her walking down a hallway. Oh, my god! It is the most bizarrely terrifying hallway that's ever been in a it's film. It's a horror film hallway. Yeah. Where it's like motion activated as like, as you walk down it, it only lights up exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. And then like the lights behind you turn off and it. Yeah. It's, it's a quarter mile long hallway. It's, um, if you guys are familiar with, uh, the airport runway from Fast and the Furious 7, I think. This is the hallway equivalent <laughs> of that runway. It's the longest hallway you've ever seen, thought of, or can think of. Um, And she's just walking down, and there's just one light illuminating her. And then it shuts off, and it's completely black for a second. And then the next one comes on. And it's just this long row that goes on forever of... And of course, it makes a sound every time they like Mm -hmm. turn on and Mm -hmm. off. Like this like chinking sound. And you just hear her footsteps on tile... And all of a sudden, she glances back. Well, and it just keeps flashing to this, like, ominous figure. Does it? Okay. down the hallway. Or Um, behind her, whatever direction. All I remembered was that you keep seeing a light come on, probably, like, 100 feet behind her. And so you just know. But you see something, like, up on the ceiling. Okay, yeah. And so she can tell she's being followed because the motion detectors are picking something up. But it's it's so... I mean, because it's a crappy movie, I wasn't scared at all. But they were going for such a ridiculous horror vibe. And they tried so hard for it that they forgot to make their world make sense. Because there's no way anyone would ever greenlight that kind of a lighting system in their facility. Anyways, she um, finally gets to a light switch, which is so far away. Yeah, she has to like sprint down this hallway. Yeah, she dead sprints 
finally gets to this light switch, all the lights come on. And She's there's like panting no- and freaking yeah. out. Like, yeah, it's so funny. Um, then, then you watch her get attacked. Yeah, she she finally gets eaten. And she's out of the movie. Not eaten. She gets her blood drained. Yeah. Um, and then... So everyone's looking for Morbius. Because he was leaving the building at some point, right as the cops arrived. And then they found out that someone was dead. So he goes on the run. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This scene. Are you going to the police precinct or the bus? No. When they stop him... As he's leaving his lab and he like runs away from them and like jets up to the ceiling or to the roof. I thought that was at the precinct, but maybe it was. No, it's at the lab. Yeah. Okay. And then he like drops his bag and is like running for the edge of the roof to like get away from these cops. And all of a sudden the cop is there. Yeah. How... If Morbius just like freaking he gets to a stairwell super that is this stairwell is thirty flights bare minimum thirty flights I I think it was probably something more like forty or fifty and he just Superman jumps up it yeah he, he and gets directly onto the roof yeah it takes him pr- with his superpowers uh, I would say maybe ten seconds tops to get from ground floor to rooftop. Of this skyscraper building. And then Tyrese Gibson Ty- is Tyrese there. Gibson dead sprints up every one of those stairs because he doesn't have superpowers. He dead sprints up these stairs just as fast as Morbius, apparently. It makes no sense and no one fact-checked. No one thought, hey, maybe we should have Morbius, I don't know, stub his toe and cry for ten minutes to give... Tyrese Gibson time to logically get all the way up here? No. He no, just, no, no. Yeah. He just catches him on the roof and arrests him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was so great. Maybe he's part vampire too. Maybe. Secretly a superhero. It he, is Marvel. He does mention at some point when he first meets Morbius, he's like, hey, thanks a lot for creating fake blood because your fake blood saved my arm in Afghanistan once or something. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, you see his arm is all like covered in science gear. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it shows a different shot of him and his arm in the trailer that didn't end up in the movie and you only see it once. Um, but yeah, so Morbius finally has to run away and at some point, uh, he gets thrown in jail. He gets thrown in jail. He breaks out because Matt Smith is pissing him off. Oh, because he finds out Matt Smith took the serum. Yeah. Yeah. And then he jumps out the window, jumps out the window, and then we get to the subway. Yes. I, I think that's when yeah. we get to the subway. Um, and he's still in prison garb. And Matt Smith isn't. But they just tackle themselves down like an entire escalator and stuff. And then this cop comes over like, hey, I just want to chat with you guys. See what's up. Really? Like, one of them's in prison garb. And everyone... All the bystanders in this subway station just saw them fly down an escalator. Like, mm, 
shoot first ask questions later, officer. Like, these guys are dangerous. Um, and... Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, also, in this scene, Milo is dressed like an 80-year-old man. He's in these, like, old man khakis that are pulled mm-hmm. clear up to his belly button. He... And these, like, old man shoes that mm-hmm. make me want to barf. And just, like, really? Like, you find out you can walk and you're still, like, why do you dress like an 80-year-old man? Yeah, Milo has a fortune's worth of money. Fashion sense, though, he... I don't even know if he's from this century. He has the fashion sense of a blind man. But a blind man from, like, the 20s. I don't know. It, it, it was weird. Um, so, yeah, that was odd. Um, at some point after... Oh, and that's when Morbius, like, feels the, like, airflow stuff mm-hmm. and discovers he can fly? I think so. Which, I will say, the look of discovering the airflow visually looked kind of cool. neat. Yeah. yeah. However, Milo's... But also, Milo was, like, running towards him in, like, the slowest of slow motions I've ever seen. Because and... this is taking freaking Morbius, like, a good ten minutes to, like, feel the airflow. Which is cool. But the whole time, it's cutting... To Matt Smith running, like, trying to do the, what was it, the Rocky run? Like, the slow-mo, like... Oh, like the Chariots of Fire? Yeah. The dun, like, dun, 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 yeah. Dun. Yeah. And he's running just like, like an he, idiot. He's just charging at Morbius. Like, his hands are, like, straight and, like, oh, it's so... His knees are high. It just... Yeah. No, it's, it's just so a bad run bad. in slow motion, so you get and every it's like, detail of it. Even and if this was legit slow motion, it's still taking way too freaking long for somebody who's now super powered mm-hmm. to run in slow motion. Yeah, it, it re- like to give you guys a, a taste of this scene. It's like slow motion running. Cutting to Morbius, discovering air. Cutting back to slow motion running. Cutting back to Morbius, discovering more about air. Cutting back to the same shot of running. Morbius finds air fascinating. And it's like, you guys have cut between two characters. You only have two characters in this scene. You've cut between them like seven times a piece. And one is just looking interested at the air going between his fingers, and the other one is just as uninteresting because he's just running. Like, it was, it went on way too long. Way too long. So, yeah, then Morbius jumps in front of a subway and And, flies. Yeah. um, And gets away. And where does he go after So, I think at that point, the next time we see him is uh, the the girl. um, Martine. Martine, yes. She tries to get away from the cops or someone but she she like runs away hops on a bus she sits down on the bus and morbius is magically sitting right behind her yeah how he knew to get on this bus makes no sense but who cares um and so he's like hey a stranger she notices that it's him and she just says you shouldn't be here it's a public bus of all the forms of transportation this is one of the ones he's more than able to be on 
It's probably because his face is plastered all over the newspapers. Which is why he's wearing a hoodie. He's a murderer and he escaped from jail. Yeah, haven't you ever seen a comic book movie? All you have to do is put on a baseball hat and pull your hood up and you are incognito. Yeah. Yeah. Captain America did it. Bucky did it. Um, Sam Wilson did it. Uh, Wanda did it. Everyone does it. Like, that's that's their go-to is just pull up your hood and put on a baseball cap and you're fine. Um... Yeah. Uh, oh, one thing that I, I wrote down that uh, I like the wording I came up with. Because um, there's the slow-mo in that sequence. There's a bit of slow-mo uh, when he first gets his powers on the boat and he's getting shot at. And he like watches a bullet oh, fly yeah, past yeah, him. Yeah. And then during like the final action sequence, they constantly cut to slow-mo randomly. It The slow-mo feels... Like someone took the film reel of the Snyder Cut of Justice League, ground it into a fine powder, snorted it, and thought that made him just as good at doing <laughs> slow-mo shots as Zack Snyder. Like, yeah. It, so it, close. Every time it cut to slow-mo, you could kind of tell that the crew was like, yeah, people love it when that happens. Haven't you even watched Snyder's movies? They love that stuff. And in this movie, I was like, no, you guys don't you understand. No, it's Zach not just. Snyder, sir. Yeah, hell no. Um, oh, at one point. Oh, and then they have to, like, get a new lab so that they can continue their research. And conveniently, at a bar? No. I think it's just a cafe. Wherever they're at, they overhear. Yeah. These random. Someone goes to a cafe and tries to pay with a hundred dollar bill. Oh, yeah. And the cashier is immediately like, this is a fake-ass $100 bill. And they're like, fine. Here's one for yourself. And she's like, "That what? No, Here's shut Here's two up. more. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we should get back to our, our science lab, our secret science lab. And Morbius is like, oh, I have super hearing now. Which, his super hearing is so weird. Just these little hairs come out of his ears. Ew, it's and, so creepy. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, so one thing <laughs> that I wrote down is as he's following these people to their secret science lab, Dallas leans over to me and says, he used his sonar in order to follow the people 10 feet in front of him. Yeah, like they're never <laughs> out of eyesight. He's just a few feet behind him. But the whole time it shows that his eyes are doing like the the white eye with the little black pupil. Yeah. And like his ear hairs are, are tingling. Ripping. Yeah. And it's like. But don't worry. He can also use his sonar to hear very specific conversations across the city. So, yeah. you know, um, sonar so, has no bounds. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure the writers know what sonar is. It just sounded fancy to them. Um, but yeah, so he follows them and then they lead him to their lab and he says something i don't remember what he says but his mouth says something entirely different oh my gosh entirely different he is clearly on screen he is the center of the shot and he's saying something like hey guys what are you up to or something and his mouth is maybe saying that same line of dialogue in spanish Maybe this was the English dub of one shot that they shot in a different language. I don't know. Or they just decided, we don't like what he was actually saying. 
come back in and record this line instead. Nobody will notice. No one's and it happened more than once it in this movie. Bare minimum twice. That was blatantly obvious. Um, yeah, it was. That that was one definitely of the don't come in for reshoots mm-hmm. because that would take too much effort. We'll just have you record it, and then we'll just trust that nobody's actually watching what your lips are saying, even though you're the only person on screen. That was definitely one of the moments in the theater when as soon as his mouth blatantly didn't match the dialogue, that's when my brain yelled, I'm loving this movie. I'm having so much fun watching this movie. It's one of the funnest times I've had it in a theater that I can think of. Um, yeah, it, they put in their best effort. Macaroni picture frame. Oh boy. Mm. Not even a mother could love this movie. Right. Um, okay. Jared Leto's mom doesn't even love this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. I, next thing I wrote down at some point, uh, what's her name? Milena? Martine. Martine. Um, she, has cats and she goes to feed okay she goes to feed her cat she knows that morbius is now a vampire and she slices her finger wide open on a can of cat food i've opened more than my fair share of cans of cat food i've never sliced open my finger and if i know there's a bloodthirsty blood smelling monster in my close by vicinity I'm gonna be pretty careful with that can of cat food so that my not cutting my finger open streak continues but no she opens this can of cat food I don't how how was her finger in the way how was it in the way of sharp metal like it it made no sense to me um but as soon as she cuts it open, she just looks at the blood and she's like, oh shit. Could there be negative ramifications of this? I don't I'm know. just going to let it drip onto she, the concrete. Yeah, and she looks over and sees Morbius. And you can tell in that moment that she's like, oh yeah, he's still here. Oh yeah, he can now smell blood. Oh yeah, this is bad. Like, dude, come on. As soon as you cut your finger near a vampire, you should be like, ah, damn it. Oh, and also with these new vampires running around town, red blood is the good stuff for them. The blue fake blood doesn't quite do it. Doesn't hit. Does not hit the... Uh... For as long. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. With blue, you still have superpowers. Um, and you have a pretty much unlimited supply of blue blood because it just has to be synthesized or... I don't know. Scienced. It has to be scienced, yeah. Um, but yeah, you want superpower, so you need real blood. Um, they really never take it from people. It's always just bags of blood from people who have donated their Morbius blood. Morbius does, at least. Yeah. Um, Milo will just oh, hop yeah. on random people and suck them dry. Yeah. Um, just men, women, children... He doesn't care. He's hungry. He wants them superpowers. Get over here. Because yeah. um, he spent his whole life being crippled and made fun of. So now it's his turn 
to be normal or special or I don't know. Yeah. It basically, it's his excuse to be a bad guy. Yeah. Which, if you haven't figured out, Milo is the one we were referencing earlier in the podcast mm-hmm. where... Nothing nothing stops him from being a bad guy. As soon as it's like, hey, what about morality? He's like, what the hell is that? I don't and care. And that's why you would never have to examine Morbius himself that closely mm-hmm. because you have Milo standing next to him who's clearly the baddest of the bad. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's never a moment where um, Morbius drinks the blood of a bad person to make me wonder, like... Yeah, he's killing people, but at least he's killing bad people, so... Or no, like... he's just killing anybody. Morbius? No. no. Morbius... Milo. Yeah, but Morbius only ever drinks from donated blood. And so, yeah, there's never even, like, Until a question... The end. Yeah. There's never really even a question of, is this guy bad? Is... Can I get behind this? Yeah, he's exclusively drinking donated blood. Like, he's, he's like, I'm a monster. And as an audience member, I'm like, nah, you're fine. Yeah, and then, like, Milo's trying to find Morbius in his, like, secret lab place. Yeah. Um, and then he sees the Morbius and Martine making out on, like, some parking garage roof or somewhere. Yeah. And that makes him mad because... He secretly has a crush on Martine? I, I don't really I don't know. know. I have no idea. They didn't really uh, um, flush that one out very yeah. well. At some point, um, the cops go to Martine's apartment, mm-hmm. and the detective is like, hmm, let's see. Looks like she's got a cat. Is the cat around? And all of a sudden, he leans down and shakes the litter box and then says, the cat didn't come. It must be gone, and so is she. Um, that's not how litter boxes work. You're Good job, detective. Of, yeah, you're thinking of a food bowl, you dumbass. A litter box is full of shit. If you shake that, the cat is gonna be like, uh, guy over there is it pretty interested my in my shit. shit. Yeah. No one's ever shook a toilet and had me be like, oh, damn. What's that guy up to? I gotta be over there. Oh, damn. Like, no. That's where piss and shit goes. What are you a detective of? Again, useless detectives. Useless detectives. Um, And I loved this movie. Oh, this is referencing something from far earlier in the movie. But there's this girl that Morbius is helping out. And she has the same blood disease that he does. And he's helping her. And then she goes into, like, cardiac arrest or something. So they put her into a coma. What happened to her? She's still in a coma. Yeah, as I was writing these notes, at some point, just that popped into my head. We never find out what happens to Coma Girl. I'm sure she has a name. I I know her as Coma Girl. Um... Well, since I don't think Morbius ever went back to that hospital, she probably is still in a coma. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, okay, the next one. This is... This is some of the best advice I can give any filmmaker. If you are making a Spider-Man film or a Spider-Man adjacent 
film, if your film has anything to do with Spider-Man, do not have your character start dancing. Do not cut to a random dance sequence. I promise it's a bad idea. At some point in this, Matt Smith is getting like dressed for a night on the town, and he's just dancing in his walk-in closet. In his ugly khaki pants. In his ugly khaki pants. He puts on this like blue and white striped shirt and then a matching blue and white striped tie. What? You look like a dork. You look like an idiot right now. Your tie and your shirt match? That's never been something that anyone recommends. And also, and most importantly, Stop dancing. You don't look tough. You don't look cool. You look just as stupid as Tobey Maguire did back in Spidey 3. Okay? Because you're not doing it in a self-aware way like Peter Parker did at the beginning of Into the Spider-Verse. That was self-aware. That worked. Especially since he did the exact same dance move from Spider-Man 3. Alright. We'll give you a pass because uh, Lord and Miller are geniuses. You're not a genius. No one here is. Matt Smith, stop dancing. You look stupid. It's ruining the movie. Uh, I kid. The movie was already dead. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. At this point... Oh, man. You have um, so many notes. Yeah, I do. Because there's so many thoughts on this. Um, the CGI throughout this movie looked like a good video game. I feel like it looked they like a They did do a good really... job on the CG. Well, I feel like the moments when, like, he's fighting with Milo, like, in the air, the CG looked like a really pretty cutscene from, like, a new video game where it's, like, that almost looks photorealistic, but I can definitely tell that's not a real image. Do you remember the falling scene when they're, like, falling through building? I don't even know. Okay. But they're like falling and fighting. Oh, they're and falling it's into just the like sewers. Chaos. Mm-hmm. That whole scene, I could not tell who was who or what was happening. It was just pure chaos. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have a falling fight scene, make it watchable. Yeah. Like, um,. The, there are at least a few moments where, as they're falling, the cinematographer was just like, you know what would work really well? The same way they would shoot those fight scenes in the Bourne movies. Just shaky cam, close up. Yeah, let's just show a really tight shot of fabric moving quickly. And they would just like push the camera in on like the hip of someone as they're falling and fighting. It was terrible. It was, it was so stupid. So bad. Um, and, uh... Okay, before the fight scene you're talking about, because all throughout this movie, uh, Dr. Nicholas, the old man from the hospital when they're children, he's been involved in their lives ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Nicholas loves Milo and Morbius. Did he ever have any other patients? I mean, at the hospital, I'm sure. But it seems like he just kind of followed... Milo afterwards? Yeah. I don't Why? know. Why? Like, imagine being... Money. Yeah, imagine being another patient of Dr. Nicholas's. And it's like, hey, I'm sick. And he's like, is your name Milo? I didn't think so. So how about you shush 
and die soon, okay? This is my favorite kid. Remember that you're nothing. Like, right? <laughs> he did not care about anyone other than these two patients that he had, like, in the middle of his career. I don't know, but yeah. Um, and he, then Milo killed him. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, he kills him. And, um, yeah, Dr. Nicholas gets slashed and doesn't die for, like, an hour. He makes a call to Morbius and is like... He gives Morbius time to come in. Yeah. And then Morbius is like, oh, shit, Dr. Nicholas is in trouble. So he races across town, finds Dr. Nicholas, and Dr. Nicholas is like, oh, good. I've got about, like, 30 seconds left of life. Stop him. Ugh. It's like, oh man, thank goodness he held out just in time for you to get there. Thank goodness. Um, but, uh, yeah, when um, you your like, throat or stomach or whatever has been slashed open, you're bleeding out, do not dial the phone and wait for someone to answer. At that point, you open up like Marco Polo and you send a Marco Polo and just be like, hey, this is what happened. This, I'm in pretty rough shape. Uh, here's some last dying words I want to give you. So now you can uh, play them over and over and over. If you want to review the footage, just so you really know the situation, you can rewatch it because this is Marco Polo, so things get saved for a while. Um, if you want to use this as evidence in court in a few days, it's on Marco Polo. You have that video evidence. This isn't a phone call that just only happens when it's happening. Um, yeah, why does then everyone immediately go to phone call? Think things through, guys. Um, that was not supposed to be a plug for Marco Polo, but Dr. Nicholas is just being an idiot, even though he has a PhD. Fucking loser. Um, yeah, getting back to that final fight scene, there is a huge, like, subway space right beneath New York. It is like a zip code size space that they're fighting in. That like, and it's completely open. Made no sense why it was there. Um, uh, oh, at some point, he like uh, Morbius gets thrown to the ground, dips his hand in water or something, and like calls bats. Yeah, what was that? I don't know, but he calls. A ludicrous amount of bats. Like, I know there's, like, a theory of, like, oh, yeah, like, rats in New York outnumber humans, like, three to one or something. Bats in this movie outnumber the entire population of America by, like, four to one. There was a disgusting amount of bats that he called. It made And it probably no wasn't sense. even the bats from his bat tube. Yeah, no, because they're still in, they're in bat the tube. glass prison. Yeah. yeah. These were just the bats that roam the skies of New York. And are clearly listening for water vibrations. Yep. Yeah. And that was kind of the moment where it was like, what are his powers? Since when does he control or communicate with bats? Is he the Aquaman of bats? What is going on? Um, but yeah, he pulls in so, 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 so many. Um, uh, d when he finally defeats Milo, he like... Sort of does like a kamehameha or like a, a he, he gathers bats in his hands or something. And then like, well, and like throws his arms out. Wasn't the whole thing where like he had the, 
like the bat poison. He had two vials of it. One for Milo, and I assumed one for himself, so that, that this nonsense would stop with them. Maybe. That's what I took from it. And so he injects Milo straight through the heart. Mm-hmm. And doesn't do it to himself. Yeah. At this point, Milo, in order to um uh not taunt, but um to lure Morbius out into the open. He's killed Martine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's killed her. She's on a roof dying or something. And so then Morbius needed, like, his superpowers. So he has to drink her blood because it's red. It's not... But don't forget, before he did that, she gave him a kiss. Yeah. And while she kissed him, she bit off a chunk of his lip. And in the very next shot... His lip was not bloody. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, he injects Milo with this uh, cure thing. And so poison. he's... Okay, yeah, poison. And so like he's like, wait, it, it's, it's me. It's Milo, your friend. Don't you remember? It's like, yeah. You know childhood friendship doesn't erase the fact that you just murdered my girlfriend? To try and kill me? You've been trying to kill me for like 20 minutes. You already did kill my girlfriend. I'm not suddenly going to remember the time we played checkers when we were 12 and be like, oh shit, sorry I murdered you just now. No. I'm going to be like, yeah, Milo's die. And there's a reason. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so uh, like I said, he somehow like launches bats like it's like a sonic blast or something it yeah. it made no sense i i'm not sure the writers know the laws of physics in relation to bats it, it yeah because like the bats would like lift him up and like right like did yeah. they like carry morbius i think so he was like Injured or oh, what was I don't know. This whole thing was just yeah. A, a it's very it's shitty bizarre. Scene. Yeah. Um. What are his bad powers? You guys need to figure I this out. I don't think before. they even knew that. Yeah. I don't either. I um, think they were like, oh, you know, it would be cool. This this would make a cool scene. Yeah. Um. So, all throughout the movie, he keeps complaining about like, I'm I'm a monster. I need human blood. I need to feed on human blood because fake blood isn't working anymore. Hey, have you tried animal blood yet? Right? Like, go to the butcher. Yeah. Have you tried murdering a few cows? Because Americans murder cows. Like, it's one of our favorite hobbies is making burgers. Go eat a cow or two. Try it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, and is, is there different, like, qualities of blood? Like, if, if you were to... Well, we know that the blue doesn't last as long as the red. Right. But I'm talking but like... But maybe there's like a if, difference in If animal. Milo has a blood disease and he drinks Milo's blood, does that not give him as good of superpowers? If he if he bites someone with AIDS and he gets aids blood, is that... Does it just have like a, a bad flavor to it? Or is it going to give you just as good of superpowers? 
They'd like, have to go back to the screens that say if your cells are stable or not. That's true. That's true. That's what would have to happen. Um, yeah, after this big fight, um, it uh, does a close-up on Martine, and she opens her eyes. So are we going to have, like, a female Morbius? Was there a female Morbius in the comics? I haven't read enough Morbius comics. You just um, have to bite the lip of a vampire in order to become a vampire yourself. Which I do believe that is like a an established vampire lore thing where if because i feel like in buffy they talk about like if a vampire bites you and sucks your blood you'll die but if you somehow ingest some of their blood that's what starts the transformation process or something i don't know it's dumb yeah um so uh, at, at this point the fact that she woke up makes me worry about any sort of sequel. like Oh, they're they... absolutely bringing her back as a vampire. Uh, that's if they are allowed to make a sequel to this, which they're, they're not making a sequel to this. No, no one has anything good to say about this. Um, oh, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, towards the end of the movie, that's when we finally see Tyrese Gibson without a long shirt or long sleeve shirt on, so we get to see that his arm has, like, wires on it or something. I don't know. I totally missed that. Yeah. They don't really pointed out too much Hmm. um especially not with the camera angle that they took um um and then yeah so at this point the movie's pretty much over and now we have our mid-credits scenes there's two of them both of them involve uh michael keaton who is best known vulture he does. He plays Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and so in the first scene, uh, it in the first mid-credits scene, it shows um, the cracking of reality from Spider-Man Far From Home. And you get to see like the purple ring around New York, like ceiling as, as uh, Doctor Strange fixes it. Do you remember that at all? Okay. Well, you see the the purple reality crack seal back up, and then it cuts to a prison cell, and Michael Keaton just teleports into it, and he just kind of looks confused, and and then it shows that like they let him out of prison. He just gets teleported into your reality, and he's like, "Hey, this is my name," and they're like, "We have no record of why you should be in prison. We're gonna let you out," and he's like. Neato. And that's pretty much the entirety of that scene. And then the second mid-credits scene, there's nothing at the very end of the credits, but then we have um, Morbius driving his car to the coast. He gets there, and Vulture comes flying in with his Vulture suit, which has led to so many people questioning if... He was teleported from his reality to this reality because he knows the identity of Spider-Man. How in the hell did his suit also teleport if he was arrested without his suit? So, did his suit somehow get teleported in that same jail cell with him? That makes no sense. Did it get teleported across town and he had to... Just 
wander New York and be like, I wonder if my suit is somewhere around here. It Maybe it already existed in this reality. Maybe there's already a vulture here and he just jacked this reality's vulture's suit. Maybe. I don't think the writers put that much thought into it. Clearly didn't. Um, one thing that I've uh, heard about people complaining about is um, the fact that we see Michael Keaton in the first mid credit scene, and Morbius is not in that scene. And then in the second mid credit scene, we see Vulture, but not technically Michael Keaton, because his mask stays on the whole time, leading people to believe they wanted this scene, but were unwilling to inconvenience Jared Leto and Michael Keaton to have them on set together on the same day. And so they just had Michael Keaton record some lines of dialogue, they CGI'd the vulture suit in, and then just had Jared Leto talk to air. Um, which, yeah, it's just another way of cutting corners. Um, but uh, it, it seems like he's just fine being in this reality. But in Spider-Man Homecoming, he has a wife and a daughter. Does he have any sort of, like, hey, I've just been teleported away from my family and I don't know where they are. Oh, no. Um, and it's not even like a, well, I was in prison, so I wasn't seeing them anyway. You're in a different, like, reality. It's it's a completely different thing. Um, yeah, so how is Vulture here? Does Doctor Strange just suck at magic? Like, what is, what? No, I think the writers suck at world yeah. building. Um, and then, yeah, Morbius says something about, like, we should team up or something. Does the studio really think we want a Sinister Six movie from this franchise? Do you think that your Venom movies were good enough quality to make me want a Sinister Six? Sinister Six is a bold thing to attempt. Venom, at its best is not good enough to make me believe you have what it takes to do a Sinister Six movie. And Venom is far better than Morbius. Far better. Morbius is garbage. There's no way you're getting the rights to a Sinister Six film. Um, And like, I know uh, they're wanting to make a Kraven the Hunter movie, I think with Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson is a great actor and I love him to death. I after this, I'm not sure I want to see him play Craven the Hunter. Um, but then, yeah, would they try to use um, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin or Doc Ock or any of those villains from Far From Home, like throughout the franchise? Um, yeah, what what are they thinking? They have, They're not. Yeah. Marvel, the, the MCU always feels like there's at least someone in up top with a plan. Mm-hmm. With a, here's what we're planning to do for the next X amount of projects. The Sony films always feel like they're flying by the seat of their pants. The Sony films feel more... Like, DC films than, like, Marvel films. Yeah. Um, Like, they don't put in the legwork that they need to put in in order to do the storylines that Marvel gets to do because they have put in the work. mm -hmm. And then it just becomes this, like, dumpster fire of a disaster 
hence Morbius, and freaking Jared Leto, I can't even handle. One of the most, I don't know, ironic or uh, mentally jarring parts of this experience, um, one of the trailers we saw attached to Morbius was for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Yeah. That movie looks so good, and I adore the first film so much. And that's also a Marvel film made by Sony. The fact that Sony can make Spider-Verse films and also a movie like Morbius. What the hell, guys? What is going on over there? Um, So, yeah, that's... We've been talking for a while, but we're finally through everything that I had written down. Um, Yeah. Um, this... Out of ten, what would you give it? Oh my gosh. How many stars? Um, just how much I enjoyed it. Probably like four. But for legit quality of film, this is this is a, a one. <laughs> um, okay, now that I say that, um, oh, there were a few things that I, I legitimately throughout the film thought were really good. Um, I thought the look the visual look of morbius when he's all vamped out he looks really good i haven't like i mentioned i haven't really read too many morbius comics but i've seen the image of morbius and that was spot on they really really did a good job of of putting that on the big screen another thing because they chose to go the cgi route on his face they were able to do, like, um, Jared Leto is playing the character, and then in order to become Morbius, they just shift his face around, um, kind of like uh, the way James Cameron shifted um, facial features in order to make avatars look like the actor portraying them, but still, like, um, like, uh, um, Sigourney Weaver's avatar looks like Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. I don't get them mixed up because they clearly look different. But it looks like Sigourney Weaver, and I dug that. And with Morbius, clearly they took Jared Leto's facial features and shifted them to be a Morbius-shaped face. But I could still tell the that character is being played by Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, there are times when he just kind of loses control or he's he's twitching, stuff like that. And so they wouldn't go straight to the Morbius face, but they would like shift his cheekbones up or they would like make his his eye area look like that or his nose or just mm-hmm. his mouth. And so because they did CGI... The transitions were really good yeah. between Jared Leto and Morbius. Yeah, they were able to transition... They were able to have his full um, facial performance translate over to the CGI character very nicely. Um, But yeah, then they were also able to select moments where they only gave partial transformations. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that worked well. As you could tell, Morbius was like trying to break through, but... Yeah, yeah. And he was trying to maintain control. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I, I thought um, that was really cool. Um, at this point, um, I, I really like when uh, makeup and special effects can be done well. Um, however, I feel like there are a lot of times where the look you're trying to accomplish, practical physical makeup cannot get you all the way there. Mm-hmm. And at that point, look to CGI to bridge the gap. Um, I think uh, we've talked about this quite a bit um, in Star Wars projects recently. Um, in order to uh, kind of boast that they went with the practical route, they keep just making these masks and things that cut down on the amount of performance that comes through from their actors and there are times where they want you know 30 of a specific alien race on screen as they just make cookie cutter generic masks and so all of the alien creatures end up looking identical when you just need a little bit of cgi in order to give a lot of variety Mm -hmm. to characters and i thought that um the way this film embraced what CGI can do with uh, with a facial performance. Um, I, I do honestly applaud that one small aspect of this film. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, the score, I can't remember the score. It was it was an uninspired unremarkable, unremarkable score. Yeah. Um, CGI, we've talked about sometimes it looked not good enough it, lo- it looked more like a video game sometimes it was it was used really really well um uh, i would say overall this movie just missed the mark it really on did. everything yeah some things just barely missed and some things were not even in the same zip code yeah but yeah i would say overall this is probably a three out of ten yeah um one thing that i do keep wondering about and I'd like to get your opinion um if they were to make a sequel to Morbius directed by someone else written by someone else but they keep Jared Leto they keep I don't know Tyrese Gibson they keep the girl who played uh Martine like they they keep a bunch of the actors but the behind the camera a lot of those people are, are swapped out. Do you think um, there's potential for this storyline in the hands of someone else? Yes. Yeah, same. Um, I also think they need to go for an R rating. Yeah. I think staying in the PG-13 realm limits what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to not give a shit about what rating they get and be okay with an R rating in order to tell the story in a way that it needs to be told. Yeah. I feel like these villain films need to go hard. Mm -hmm. They need to be dark and gritty and horrifying Mm -hmm. at times. And trying to stick with that PG-13 rating is not going to get you where you need to go. Yeah. Um, I think that there are ways of, of pushing the PG-13 rating so that you can really get quite a bit, um, but you don't quite show everything 
and and so you you still have that dark gritty vibe and atmosphere um and i i understand why studios um especially studios handling comic book films are so hesitant to give out our ratings because most of the time kids are the ones reading comics and so as soon as you give an r rating anyone below the age of 17 cannot go see your movie unless they have a parent with them that is a huge subtraction to your box office sales and it's not just that um you know my family two adults four kids if this came out enough years ago that i was still in my teen years it's not that i can't see it so my parents go and see it without me no my parents don't go see it because this you know saturday night is when we're all going to the movies as a family you haven't just subtracted the four kids and the parents still go to see it the parents decide if we can't take our kids we have to go see something else so you've just lost all five ticket sales because you didn't go with a pg-13 rating i get why the math scares them i get it however if you embrace that r rating Every once in a while, you deliver a movie like Joker. Mm-hmm. If you get the right script that is good enough and honestly deserves the R rating, you can deliver a Deadpool, a Joker, things like that, where it's really, really good. So that, um, and and with things like Deadpool, well, I, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like... There are parents who see it and say, yeah, that, you know, it was, it was definitely rated R. However, it wasn't, um, like a disgusting amount of gruesome. Mm -hmm. It wasn't saw grotesque. It was a lot of language. I know my kid can deal with language. There was some nudity. It's not the worst nudity I've ever seen. You know what? My kid would really dig this. He's 16 right now. He's not old enough to go alone. I'm willing to take him to see this new Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. So you're not losing the ticket set. And at that point... You're getting more ticket sales because then the parents go a second time. Yeah, because then any any parent who's thinking things through went and saw it, decided, you know what? My kid who's almost at the age is mature enough to see it. I'll come back next weekend with my kid. You get return sales. Um and yeah, uh, we never did uh, do an episode for uh, Venom. Uh, yeah, Let There Be Carnage. Um, but we had that same complaint. I feel like if you uh, went harder and allowed yourself to receive that R rating, that really opens the gates to much more um, serious storytelling mm-hmm. um, that that really brings more of a dignity to the tale you're trying to tell. You're claiming that Woody Harrelson is in maximum security prison and then once I see the movie it turns out he's in maximum security prison because he killed like three people who were already abusing him. What? That guy's not scary. 
because you didn't let him be evil because you wanted a PG-13 movie. If you went for the R rating, you could let him be stone-cold evil so that when he gets some symbiote, I'm scared of this guy because he was dangerous and scary back when he was just a normal human. Now he's got super alien abilities. Yeah, here we go. Buckle up. Um, and yeah, I feel like a Morbius movie, exact same situation. If you give yourself that R rating, you can go so much harder. Make it feel like a true vampire movie, a true monster movie, a true horror movie. Yeah. But it just so happens to get its roots from the comic book medium. Um, and yeah. Uh, and another thing that we've seen um, very much recently, and I don't know where Sony would put it, but we're seeing more and more often where comic book movies are freaked out by that R rating and, and how will it affect ticket sales. And they think about it and say, you know what? It's not nearly as scary to give something a TVMA rating as it is to give it an R rating. Let's put it on a streaming service and go as hard as we want to. Mm-hmm. That's what Daredevil did. That's what Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, uh, uh, Punisher... All that stuff. It, um, um, because it was uh, sent straight to streaming, that's what the uh, Snyder Cut did. Yeah. Uh, Snyder Cut is a rated R story. Absolutely. It is so good. And hardly anyone is arguing that. And the people who are arguing that it's not that good are getting shut down. So yeah, if, if you need to send Morbius 2 straight to streaming so that you can justify giving it an R rating, if you need to make Morbius 2 a season-long TV show and give it a TVMA so that it doesn't freak as many people out, fine. But yeah, if they're willing to go a lot harder with a sequel, I feel like there's a lot more potential. Absolutely. Um, and I, in the hands of different writers, too. Yeah, but I think if you put... A much darker, much grittier, much more gruesome script in Jared Leto's hands. That's not going to scare him away. No. Um, so. It might scare his co-stars away on set, but. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's another issue. Um, Jared Leto is, is one of those actors that wants so desperately to be a method actor. But then doesn't end up turning in performances. That anyone likes. He tries to be Daniel Day-Lewis and he is not. Yeah. But Daniel Day-Lewis makes sure that he's only accepting scripts for There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, My Left Foot, uh, Last of the Mohicans, stuff like that. Jared Leto is like, I'm going to do that same thing for whatever the hell this is. What? Suicide Squad? Sure, let's do it. What is this? House of Gucci? Sure, let's go. And it just, he's putting in all this effort without realizing you're reading dog shit scripts, kid. Like, um, and honestly, I, there are method actors and performances birthed from method acting that are phenomenal and I respect. However, I think if you chose the profession of actor, you need to start learning how to act. Mm-hmm. 
when the per, when the director says action, get into character. When he says cut, and that's a wrap, break character. You're pissing off the world if you're sending dead rats and condoms to co-stars, Jared Leto. Like, there have been many co-stars of Daniel Day-Lewis who find him annoying, who find him hard to work with. Then there are other actors who make sure that when they get home and, you know, their kids come running over to daddy or mommy because they're home from work, they need to be daddy or mommy. But these kids don't need Abraham Lincoln tonight. They need their dad. And so, yeah, um, there's a lot that can be said for method acting. But the ability to get into character and out of character each day is what keeps Heath Ledger from dying. Mm-hmm. You know, it, um, do not get so into any character that you're doing lasting harm on your mental well-being. Make sure you're not introducing trauma into the lives of your coworkers because you don't know how to get into the mindset of whoever when you get to set. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I have really, really liked Jared Leto. I think he needs to calm down. I think he needs to experiment with traditional, normal acting where you just seclude yourself for an hour before the camera starts rolling and and get into character and you go. But this months on end of not breaking character, apparently on set for Morbius, he would like need to go to the bathroom and keep using his, his crutches and his walking sticks and stuff. And the cast was like, you're not crippled. You're Jared Leto. And he's like, no, I'm in character. Dude, just take a piss. (laughs) Just be a human being. As soon as you need to go to the bathroom, pretend you're about to shoot a vampire scene and you're a super-powered man taking a piss. Not a crippled man. Like, um, So, yeah. If, if they announce a Morbius 2 and the trailer looks a lot better, there's a chance I'll still be intrigued. If they announce a Morbius 2 and they announce that Morbius is being recast. That wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. Um, Jared Leto has been in some incredible films. He has turned in some incredible performances. He is not, however, an actor that I trust completely. Um, there are definitely actors if I find out that Gary Oldman is going to be in a, in a role, that's probably going to be a damn good role. Regardless of the quality of the film, he will do phenomenally. Jared Leto isn't there yet, and I feel like Jared Leto may work harder than Gary Oldman, because I don't think Gary Oldman does method acting. I think Gary Oldman just knows how to get in and out of character each day. Gary and Oldman's so, just a good actor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, like, comment, subscribe. 
Um, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully I'm able to edit this down so it's uh, not a ludicrously long episode. Um, great to be back. Hopefully we'll be recording again soon for other stuff. Um, yeah, uh, you can listen to us on a number of different platforms. There's a uh, Google podcast, there's Apple podcast, there's Spotify, there's, <sighs> yeah. Some other ones. Yeah. Um, we'll get the list posted back on our wall pretty soon. So we'll, this will be, uh, feeling much more official like it used to. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening in one more time. And I think that's everything we got for you today. Good night. All right. Till next time.